What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. Come on, Freedom Church, let's, let's, let's shout out to the Lord one more time. Come on, we can do better than that. Welcome, Freedom Church family, in person and online. We are so thankful that you guys are joining and tuning in with us. We are so happy to be in week four of our Building Church series. And I promise to you that I think that this message right here, this one that's about to be preached is a real good one. And uh, I don't know why, but I always say that, but I feel like this, it just gets better and better when you just talk about the word of God. And so we're just going to experience um, God speaking to us in a, a very deep level today. And I expect you to just bear with me and understand that God has his calendar already with your name on it, highlighted. And he knows what you need. He knows what what you desire. He knows your prayers. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what you ask him for. He knows your petitions. He knows every single thing. The, the matter of the fact is that life hits us really hard at times. And so we don't understand uh, if God still ha has us in mind. But I came to tell you today, God still thinks about you and wants to use you and you have purpose in God. So, uh, Bear with me really quickly. I'm going to read two stories for you really quickly, and, and we'll get into our, our week four uh, building church series, all right? So Luke chapter 19, let's start there. And, and uh, if we can, stand for the reverence of the word. Luke chapter 19, they'll be on your monitors. If you don't have a Bible, uh, if you don't have a glow a Bible, it's all right. It's on the monitors, and you can follow with me. It says, Jesus entered into Jericho and was passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was the chief tax collector and was wealthy he wanted to see who Jesus was but because he was short he could not see over the crowd man short people problems so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way when Jesus reached the spot he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to murder, uh, mutter, I'm sorry, murder. Whoa, there was a lot of people killing for no reason. Now I'm playing. They, they began to mutter. And he had gone to be a, uh, they said, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and I have cheated anyone. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your house. Can, can you tell that to somebody? Today salvation has come to your house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And, and one more 
uh, one more chapter, uh, Luke chapter six. And this one is, uh, this one is good. Luke chapter six, verse six says on another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching and a man whose right hand, what hand? Right. Right hand was shriveled, dried up all the way to the, to the dry, dry. I mean, dry, dry. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up and stand right in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to him, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. Y'all ready for my theme today? Yes. Are y'all ready? Yes. Weak tree, strong hand. Weak tree, strong arm. I'm sorry, Becky, I, put, I thought I said hand, arm. Thank you so much uh, for the reading of the word and thank you so much, worship team. Uh, can we give it up for the worship team really quickly? Come on, they do a, such an amazing job. Thank you so much. Weak tree, strong arm. Weak tree, strong arm. All right. We've been uh, lately talking about building church and what the concept of church looks like through the lens of God. It is a different lens than everyone else can see. Obviously, when we think about building church, we're talking about building bigger buildings or having the proper light structure or having musicians or having or having deacons or or ushers or whatever they call it now, servant leaders, whatever the case may be. We think about church in that form. We also think about church in the sense of I have to come to a building to actually be able to receive what God has for me. Now, I've been teaching these past four weeks that that is not true. Church is not a building, it is people. And wherever you are at, you are the church of God. Now, that is not to say that you're not supposed to congregate with others because the, the Bible also talks about congregating with others. It is not for you to be able to receive what God has for you, if anything, to share what God already has given. So let's, let's just quick foundation of building church series. All right. I want to talk to you today about weak, being weak, weak. um, I I know, have you ever played kickball before? Nobody has ever played kickball? Y'all play kickball? Okay. Um, Do you guys remember when you have to pick the team that you want in your kickball team? Now, if you're like me and Miss Mickey, which is one of our service leaders here in Freedom Church, she is a very competitive person. She does not like to lose it's okay Mickey I know you love me she doesn't like to lose at all at anything 
It could be a card game. It could be something harmless. She is competitive and it's in her spirit. It's not a bad thing. But when you are picking a team, you tend to choose the best people. The people that are the strongest, the fastest, the, the, the quickest, the smartest. That is the reason why you pick your team. It is to win. No one goes into a basketball team or into a football team or even picking kickball team and says, yep, I want the person that can't breathe right. No one ever chooses that person. And matter of fact, if you've ever sucked at sports, you might realize that you might be the last person to be chosen. I don't know if that has happened to you, but that has happened to me several times where literally in street basketball, Xavier knows about this. There's two captains that are picked and then all of, all of a sudden the two captains decide whether you are great enough to be on their team. And so they'll look for the person that knows the best and they'll go, I want that person and I want that person. And usually the last people to get picked are the people that can't do anything to save their lives they can't shoot they can't dribble they can't kick they have no coordination if anything they were designed to be horrible at sports and I was thinking about this because it's a feeling of being let down it's it's a feeling of saying man I'm not good enough to be on that team I'm not good enough to, to make it into somebody's expectation and say, man, I, I'm good enough to, to at least do something. I can cheerlead better than anyone else. But we choose people because of our strengths and not their weaknesses. And so I was thinking about that, right? We're building something. We, we pick the strongest candidates, the tools, the resources, the strategies. Uh, uh, and common sense is if you are needing to move something that's very heavy, you're going to pick probably the strongest person or a strong machinery. That's what common sense is. If you want to win a swim meet, then you pick the fastest swimmer. If you want to uh, run or, or win a foot race, you're going to pick the fastest person on their feet. You get the point. We build because of our strengths and not our weaknesses. May I reverse this really quickly and tell you that God doesn't do it like that. You would think that God, when he's building something, he would rather build a structure or something that's great right off the bat and select the best people. You would think that God is looking at your criteria or what you have achieved or your greatness or how good you sing or how good you play or how good you think or read the word. He, you, you might think that he actually looks at someone to build a team in that form. He doesn't. As a matter of fact, I, I would hate to be a worship leader in this time and era because if somebody was to want to come and sing in my worship team and you can't even hit a note, I don't know what I will tell you. I'll say, hey, no, that's, don't worry about it, and we'll turn off their mic. So that way you could just be somebody that's up there clapping. That's how we think. That's how we're programmed because we want the best 
at all times. God is not like that, though. I I can look through the word and through the Bible, and I can quickly notice that God selects the weakest in order for them to do what he's called them to do. let's, Let's look at it really quickly. He chose Jacob, who was second in line of the blessing and did not deserve it, to actually bless him and be able to be in line after Isaac. He chose Joseph, the smallest and the most annoying brother of all time, which was always constantly having dreams that his brothers will bow down to him. And he chose him, and then he had to go through a process, but God still chose him. He chose David, the person that was lastly picked through his father and his and his family because he was doing something that was unnecessary, which was taking care of sheep. He chose Gideon, which was the last person in his tribe, the weakest of the weak. He chose Gideon to destroy a massive army. He chose Jonah with a horrible attitude and self-centered mentality. I don't want to preach to those people. Those people suck. God said, you're the person that I want to use to preach to those people. Isn't that crazy? You would think that God would want great character. and Ooh, that person never shies away from making a mistake. But God doesn't pick those people. Then he chose Samson. Samson in the Bible is known as a strong person. He's known as a person that can move anything. But in reality, if you look at Samson's life carefully, Samson is weak emotionally. He cannot control his emotions. Therefore, it doesn't matter how physically potent or strong he is, he can't get a grip of his emotions. And God chose Samson. He grabbed 12 men that were common and fishermen that didn't know left from right. They didn't even know what, 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 what they were doing. They, did, they, they, were, they, were, they didn't even were good at fishing. And God still chose them. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, God has a way of choosing people that are the weakest. It's like he's attracted to people that are weak. To people that are no good in any way, shape, or form. And now, if you start thinking to yourself, well, am I weak? You, you see how I switched it now? Now probably everybody in this place is like, uh, God, I'll be weak for you so you can choose me. Now, no, no, no. Stay strong, though. Stay with the same energy. God chooses weak people to do some strong, amazing things. And so I want to... I want to talk to you about these two stories really quickly. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I really want to develop these two stories for you so you can understand what I'm talking about. Zacchaeus, the first story that we spoke about, is a chief collector. These are the people that actually collect taxes for people. And not only that, they took advantage, manipulated people to grab more money than they should. Okay? And Zacchaeus not only... Is he hated by the Jews because of this? Because he takes money from people. He's short. He's he's short and, and he is not average size. 
He, he cannot, he's one of those people that says, babe, can you get this out on top of the counter for me, please? He's one of those people. Zacchaeus is short, and on top of that, is taking advantage of people. Yet, the story develops, and he hears that Jesus is on his way, and he's passing through Jericho, and Zacchaeus does something. He says, the Bible says that he wanted to know who Jesus was. He wanted to know who Jesus was, so he climbs up. Because he can't see over the crowd. He's, he's trying to, to make sure that he accomplishes what he's trying to accomplish. And so he says, my average height doesn't allow me to interact because I wouldn't be able to see Jesus the way I want to see Jesus. So guess what? I have to up the whole entire crowd and get on a tree. Now... This is where it gets interesting. Jesus walks by and he sees Zacchaeus. I have a question. Is, is Jesus noticing Zacchaeus because he's the highest person? Or because he's the weakest person that needed to rely on something? Is Jesus noticing Zacchaeus because he knows how to climb a tree? Or is he noticing Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus doesn't know what he's doing with his life? And not only is he short, not only does he get bombarded by comments, not only is he hated because he collects money, he's average. He's weak. And people considered Zacchaeus a sinner. He's up in the tree. And he's relying on this tree to see and accomplish what he wants, which is to know and get to know Jesus. Jesus says something that, that captures my attention. The Bible says that he sees Zacchaeus. He looks up and looks at Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus! Come down from that tree. Now, mind you, if you're reading this, you probably won't notice the little small details. Understand that if you were a tax collector, people didn't call you by your name. A matter of fact, they called you what you were and what you did. Now, now think about that because... When we go through life and when we do other things that we're not supposed to be doing, people tend to call us or brand us what we do and who we are. They'll say, not, not Xavier, they'll say that person that did something wrong to me a few years ago. They won't say Pastor Stephanie, they won't say that. They'll say the person that is average or that I met and she didn't get to speak a lot. You, have you noticed those types of people? They, they will never get your name. They'll say, no, the, the, the girl with the, the converse, uh, she has a name. Did you get to know her name? But they identify you by what you do and not what God has called you to be. And, and, and God 
sees Zacchaeus on this tree, he goes, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I, I want you to understand that why other people call you tax collector, prostitute, the person that, that, that was not good enough, the person that's mediocre, the weakest person in, in, in history, God calls you by name. He doesn't call you what you did. He doesn't call you by your past. He doesn't call you by what you think. He doesn't call you by what you do. He calls you what he named you. And, and if you needed to hear anything else today, is that you need to let people understand and the circumstances that you go through and the things that you have to deal with that you have a name and that name is the child of God my name is not what I did my name is not what you think I am. My name is not what my parents thought I would be. My, my name is not what my condition says. My name is a child of God. And so God really quickly rectifies that. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. This picks up my attention because Zacchaeus used the tree as a strength. But in reality, it's a weak tree. It's a weak tree, not because the roots are bad. It's a weak tree, not because it's not giving fruits. It's a weak tree because it's temporary. What are you saying, Pastor? He's relying on something that grows and dies instead of relying on something that's permanent. And I, 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 I got to say this. It's because it's useful to him at that moment in time. But here's the detail. Because of our deficiencies, we tend to rely on things that are temporary. Maybe I don't know how to read that well, so I rely on this to help me. And that becomes your security blanket. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do this right here, so I rely on this that, that helped me one time, and I, I make that part of my life. And God is saying, I need you to come down from there. I don't know who God is speaking to today, but, but stop relying on things that were not meant for you to stay on. Stop thinking that, that God called you just to rely on something that's temporary, that's something that, that comes and goes. He, what he wants Zacchaeus to understand is that Zacchaeus, that tree, can hold you up, up to, up to so long. That tree is it, it, not where it's at. You're, you're being sustained by something that I sustained. Get, get down from the tree. 
But he, here's the thing. It's hard for people to get off the tree. I'm going to explain. His deficiency was being short. The tree gave him a, an advantage for people that were taller than him. And so he would rely on the tree to be above the common people. And so God tells him to come down so he can see his weakness. I don't want you sitting on top of a tree. I want to see your weakness. I, I want to see how short you are. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going somewhere. I, I want to see how angry you get. I, I want to see the real you. Don't show me church you. Show me the real you. Show me the one that deals with pornography. So show me the one that, that deals with, with unstable relationships. Show me that person. And he tells him, come down from that tree. Uh, it, it's hard for us to understand because if we're looking at this paragraph or at this story, we're just looking at a short man climbing a tree and, and looking for Jesus. But in reality, he's using the tree to cover his deficiency. Jesus will never notice me if I don't climb this tree. He will never put his eyes on me if I don't climb this tree. The tree is what makes me feel good. The tree is what, what creates stability in my life. The tree is what creates my empowerment. The tree is what creates what I need for people to see me. The tree can be anything at this moment in point. For our young generation, the tree can be Instagram. Uh-oh, pastor, don't go there. Yep. The, the tree can be Facebook. The tree can be Twitter or TikTok, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. The, the tree can be anything. And God is telling you, come down from that tree. That, that tree is temporary. That, that tree is flaky. That, that tree can die at any minute. You, you don't need to climb to get my attention. I, I can spot you even if you're short. I can spot you even if you're having trouble. I can spot you even if you're having issues. You don't have to fake it. To make it. Cl climb down. I, I, I want the real you. You, you know how guys go. Uh, there's a difference between girls with makeup and then the morning next after when they, they have all their makeup off. There's a difference. And we go, no, no, I want to see the real you. It's like, I, 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 it is me. Personality and everything. No, no, without the makeup. That, that's what God wants. He, he wants the real you.
He, he wants you to get off the wheat tree. The, the tree that you relied on this whole entire time to get you by life. The tree that you thought that was the one that's going to get people's attention and, and put you up in a platform where you thought that you were actually better than everyone else. That tree, get off of that. It's not about what you wear. It's not about what car you drive. It is not how high your GPA is. It's not how many books you read. It is not how well you treat others. It's not how many times you've given to the poor. It's not about that. And the moment you make it about that, you are on the wrong platform. And God needs you to get off. Zacchaeus, get down from there. Get, get down from there. I, I, I need you to understand that Jesus then turns around and does something extraordinary that no one else wanted to do. Listen to this. Jesus then tells Zacchaeus, I need to stay at your house. Now, for those that are not Here's the thing. When I read the Bible, I really, man, it just comes alive for me. And I, I read the passage. Um, uh, Becky, if you could put Luke chapter 19 really quickly. I, I, I want you guys to understand this. Luke chapter 19. Watch this. Um, uh, go, go to the first verse. Look what it says. Jesus entered Jer Jericho and was passing through. Let's stop right there real quick. Leave it up. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. My question is, is Jesus passing through? Is he just passing through your life because you're not able to get off of the tree? And look, look, look what happens when Zacchaeus gets off of the tree. Uh, give me... Um, after, after four, he told Zacchaeus to come down immediately. Look at this. When you stay on the tree, Jesus passes by. When you get down from the tree, what does it say? He stays. When you're on the tree, he passes by. When you come down from the tree, he stays. And then this is what happens. That you got some haters. You, you got to understand this. The, see, see the, the walk of God is not going to be easy. There's always going to be somebody telling you what to do, how to do it, trying to manipulate what already God already spoken to your life and what he has already developed. All these things, you, you, you'll be have to balance it out. But look, listen, listen, look at, look at this. Zacchaeus stood up, said, Lord, I give my half of my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Look at what the people said. They're still considering Zacchaeus 
what they think Zacchaeus is. He's gone to be a guest, not even of Zacchaeus, of a sinner. You mean to tell me that you're still telling and explaining about somebody's life and you're still calling him a sinner? Here's the thing. I want you to be real with yourself. The world will call you something else. Culture will call you something else. People and friends and people that betray you and hurt you and stab you, they will call you any different types of name except for one, the one that God calls you. But here's the thing. This is what you need to understand. That was a weak tree. And I got off of it. And now God is staying inside my house. And look at the transformation. Zacchaeus used to take money from people. Now he's giving it back. That's what happens when you get off the tree and he stays. And he's telling you, if you constantly are listening to people and their comments and what they have to say and Instagram and fake posts and things that don't make no sense, you're constantly going to be called a sinner and you're constantly going to need the tree to validate yourself. But he's saying, get off. As long as they call you sinner and I'm staying at your house and not passing through, you're good. You're good. Now, I, I wanna I wanna switch it. Because I didn't forget the other story. Jesus goes inside the synagogue, and there's a man. Which hand? Which hand? The right hand, somebody was paying attention. The right hand was shriveled, meaning dried. Listen to this. Jesus is in the synagogue. This man happens to be there and they're waiting for to accuse Jesus. They're, they're waiting to see what is he going to do on the Sabbath? Is he really going to heal on the Sabbath? Because we're supposed to be resting. We're supposed to be worrying about our agenda and worrying about what we're doing constantly. That's what we're supposed to be worrying about. And in reality, Jesus is trying to shift that mindset and say, you have your own agenda, but I got mine. And don't make me flip you upside down to get your attention. So Jesus is literally in the synagogue where they stay and look at this knowing their hearts Jesus calls the weakest man in the room Jesus calls the weakest man in the room he tells the man with the shriveled arm come up here stand right here in front of everyone Why would you pick someone that can't do nothing for them? What is this attachment that Jesus has with weak people? He says, come up here. Stand in the middle. Stand in, I want you to stand in the middle. And look at this. Jesus tells him, stretch out your hand. Look at this. 
Am I teaching? Okay, thank you, babe. He looked around at all of them and said to the man, stretch your right hand. Amen? Y'all not reading. Read carefully. He looked around at all of them and said, stretch out your right hand. Do I got it right? He looked around at all of them and said, stretch out your right hand. Do I got it right? No. Somebody help me. I'm reading this wrong. I probably don't got my glasses on. Wait. Here's my detail. Which hand was shriveled? So why wouldn't Jesus tell him, stretch out your right hand? Jesus only tells him, stretch out your hand. This is good. And here's why. Because y'all thought pastor was crazy. Talk about all oh, weakness and it, this don't make no sense. If God was to tell you to show off. If God was to invite you on a date. Wouldn't you put your best outfit on to show off how great you look you'll probably go to a makeup artist and you'll do all i mean i'm talking about the whole entire night jesus knows which hand is the one that's shriveled but he says stretch out your hand to see what the man will do next if i'm the man i'm not showing my weakness this hand is shriveled but I'm gonna stretch out the hand that I can, I can stretch out. Because his right hand is not able to be stretched. So the instructions don't make no sense. If I'm listening well, I would say I'm gonna stretch the hand that he told me to stretch, which is the hand that I can actually stretch, which is this one, the left one. This is what we constantly do. We stretch out our best. I don't want nobody to see my weaknesses. I don't want nobody to see my, my failures. I don't want nobody to see what I'm horrible at. I don't want nobody to see anything. The, the other day, uh, Brett has been helping me uh, 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 reconstruct a couple of things inside my house. And, and literally, it's probably, I told them, uh, as we were working on it, I said, man, this is probably one of the most embarrassing things I've ever had to gone through. And he goes, why? He, I, I said, because you get to see everything that wasn't working. Everybody wants to show off what is working. Nobody wants to show off what's not working. But here's the detail. If you don't show off what's not working, it will stay that way. You will never get the help that you actually need. 
it will never get fixed. And you know what's the crazy part about it? Just because, just because you haven't showed anybody your weakness or what is being destroyed in your life, that doesn't mean that it's not going to continue to deteriorate. And what ends up happening is even worse because what ends up happening is that when you don't show the proper person to help you, what happens is it creates a massive destruction all because you were embarrassed to show it off. And Jesus tells the man, stretch out your hand. What Jesus is telling him, stretch out your weakness to me. Show me what you can't do for yourself. Show me what's dry in your life. Show me what you think I can't use. And the man starts stretching out his hand. The, the, the Bible says that his hand became whole just like the other one. May I tell you something? received his miracle right you guys all agree he received his miracle right can I tell you all something can you believe that his hand became whole but what Jesus was really trying to show everyone is that their hearts were even worse He stands a man with deficiency up there to show how dry his hands are. But it's reality. He's showing the Pharisees. You see his hand. Your hearts are worse. Because all you try to do is show me your strength and not your weaknesses. All you try to do is show or tell on somebody and, and point on somebody that weakness and that weakness and that weakness. No, 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 no. God wants to hear about your weakness. What, what's your weakness? Uh, Pastor Brett says something so incredible and I, I told him that I was going to steal it and I meant it and God you know, he can forgive me later. Brett said, God never exposes a sin. Listen, all our lives we heard, old people will come and they will come like a tornado and they'll expose your sin if you're in sin and all this other stuff, he'll expose your sin and we will be frightful of all these old people speaking in tongues and doing all this crazy stuff and we will be scared. But he said, God doesn't expose your sin unless he's ready to do a miracle in it. I came to tell somebody that yes, your weakness might be exposed. Yes, you might not know what to do next. Yes, you might be horrible at something. Yes, your past may not look like what your future is going to look like. But God has a strong hand. And I'm telling you right now, it doesn't...
doesn't matter how weak your arm is. It doesn't matter how weak things are or what it looks like. He has the last word. <laughs> he has the last word. He has the last word. And, 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 and if we could be on our platforms all we want thinking, oh no, I'm strong. I don't need no help. I don't need no prayer. I don't need no, no, nobody to, to put their hands on me because I worship, I play, I do all these things. But God is not interested. He can see right through that and say, no, 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 no. I know how weak you are. And if it wasn't for me, and if it wasn't for me, I don't know where you would be today, today, today. I, I'm calling every person. This is something different that I'm going to start doing. I don't even care because I'm in the spirit and it is what it is. But if you're feeling weak, can you come up to the altar really quickly? I just want to pray generally for you in your life today. If you're feeling weak, if you feel that, that there's something that you need to show God, to say, God, please help me. All I need is a touch. All I need is something that can make me sufficient. Come up here. And if nobody's going to stand, I can stand here all by myself. It's all right. I just wanted to pray for somebody. I just wanted to pray with somebody. I want to I wanna make sure that we understand that we need each other. And, and it's because of God and his grace that we need something. So... I'll be the first one. How about that? Can anybody else join me and say, you know what? I, I, I'm feeling weak too. Come on, Joy. I'm glad you're so honest. Thank you, Julian. Thank you for being honest. Thank you, Brina. Come on. Today, it's not about how strong I feel. Today, it's about how strong he is. And so today, we're going to pray together. And we're going to say, God, fill my heart. Fill my heart. I'm feeling weak today. I'm feeling weak today. Fill my heart. Touch me in the areas that need to be touched. Do something. Heal me. Transform me. Change me. Shake me. Shake me. Change me. Come on. Listen, listen, listen. I'm weak, but he is strong. I am weak, but he is strong. I am weak, but he is strong. I am weak, but he is strong. And I'm telling you this right now. God is ready to change your life. And if you don't think that he can change your life, think again. He can take you from the place that you're at to the place where he wants you to be. Today, 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 today. I'm weak, but he is strong. I'm weak, but he is strong. I am weak. But he is strong. I'm weak, but he is strong. I'm weak. 
2 Corinthians. Don't go anywhere. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in what? In strength? In strength? No, 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 no. In weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my strength, my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why. For Christ's sake, I delight in my strength and weakness, and <laughs> in insults, and in hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I'm weak, who's strong? For when I'm weak, who's strong? If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.